Hey everyone and welcome back. I am your host, Francesca Amante, the founder of Amante Podcast, Amante Real Estate, and Amante Apparel. So excited to have you back on here with another special guest. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Amante Podcast. My name is Francesca Amante, the founder of Amante Real Estate and Amante Podcast. And I'm here with a very special guest today, uh, the one and only Steve Wandler. He is the founder of MetaBridge here in Kelowna, British Columbia. And uh, I'm just so excited to have him here. He has a wealth of knowledge. He taps into mental health, wellness as entrepreneurs, uh, really embracing the culture around failure and how to fail forward and to recognize that that truly is your superpower at the end of the day. Um, and I'm just so excited to have him here today. So, Steve, welcome. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's, uh, we'll have a lot of fun. My pleasure, Steve. Great to see you. And uh, so for those of you in the audience listening, uh, Steve is a wonderful colleague and friend of mine, I guess, um, in the midst of I've been friends with Steve for a couple of years now in Kelowna. And um, ever since the day that we met uh, kind of in the entrepreneurial world, um, he's always been very down to earth as much as he's a wealth of knowledge, incredibly successful and incredibly intelligent. Um, he's just definitely salt of the earth and incredible human. So I felt it was only right seeing that he's inspired me on my journey to have him here on the podcast and to just kind of touch on what makes him him. And uh, for me personally, just learning a bit about his journey um, and seeing what he's been able to create in our um, in our city here in Kelowna. I really wanted uh, to shine a spotlight on just how incredible um, this man is. So, Steve, you know, you're the founder of MetaBridge. First off, why don't we just tap into that? Why why was MetaBridge founded and what was it founded on? If you want to just tap into what inspired you with all of that. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, started MetaBridge back in 2008 after moving uh, to San Francisco for a couple of years. Uh, sold my first startup uh, in, two- in May of 2008, just before the economy tanked on us and uh so kind of got lucky there and moved back in 2010 and back to Kelowna and found it being a pretty lonely place for an entrepreneur to especially a technology entrepreneur to kind of hang out and get mentorship and really find ways to grow as an entrepreneur uh because the Bay Area, it's you can go to any Starbucks on the corner and they're talking about it and they're doing their thing constantly. It's like Disneyland for the entrepreneur. And we didn't really have that here. So I found a way to bring some of that talent up into the Okanagan and get access to some of their knowledge. Uh, but I'm also a guy, as you know, I like to have fun and bringing people up wasn't I, I wasn't interested in sitting in conference rooms or um, boring office space to uh, tap knowledge. So we do it in a really creative way. Um, we go hiking on top of mountains. We play hockey with NHL hockey players. We drink lots of wine. We have meetings by pools. You know, we do all the things that aren't normal, but have we've kind of normalized that inside of our MetaBridge community. Um, a couple of years ago, probably three years ago or four years ago now, I, I always forget COVID kind of threw a loop into everything about getting people and meeting uh, in groups. Uh, we really changed our focus from mentorship and helping entrepreneurs raise money uh, to the mental health and wellness of entrepreneurs and making sure that we're doing okay. 
because it is a taboo subject that we don't really talk about it a lot. And uh, so it's really transformed into that. And a byproduct of that is helping entrepreneurs raise money. We've helped over the last 12 years uh, raise just over $750 million in, in venture cap. Wow. And we've had just, I think, uh, 25 or 26 of our portfolio companies have uh, been acquired. Phenomenal, so. Steve. Wow. Congratulations, by the way. That's uh, that's pretty huge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just all part of helping people, right? And uh, those are metrics that we measure, I guess, quote-unquote, success from. But it's not really as much as that's cool. Uh, I've been able to meet a lot of really cool people along the way and, and the network of people that we have in our community is uh, pretty cool. That's phenomenal, Steve. And I mean, just from even the, you know, for those of the, those of people in Kelowna looking from the outside, looking in on something like Metabridge, I mean, you can tell it's just such an incredible community of people and you've created such a culture. Um, you know, you are what you attract, right? Um, so, I mean, you really do embrace it and lead by example. And that's why you've attracted such incredible uh, humans throughout the years. And for those of you actually in Metabridge, I think anyone can speak to that, that it's just like not none other. And I know that COVID obviously has impeded on that a little bit in the last couple of years of meeting in person, but I'm sure you're very excited to uh, be back on the ground running and just get to see everybody again. Yeah, I think I think people are are very eager to get back. Uh, you know, we've been asked uh, year the, over the last two years because we've had to cancel it. Um, when are we going to do it again? And I think that is a real testament to a, I guess, the community that we've created, but b the need for people to come back together and really dig in and talk about you know, some of the challenges and issues that they have, because that's what we do, right? We create a safe place for entrepreneurs to come in, have difficult conversations that they typically wouldn't be able to have uh, with their, you know, spouse or partner or friends and family, because they just don't really understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur and the ups and downs of that. And, uh, you know, that that's really what they crave. And uh, we hope to bring that back to them this year. That's phenomenal, Steve. I look forward to hearing about all of the, all that's to come. Now, just to kind of tag off of one of the things that you said about the difficult conversations and creating that safe space to do. So I kind of want to touch on the topic of failure because I know it's something that you and I have discussed in the past. And um, maybe you can share a bit about your journey, you know, coming out of high school and what that kind of looked like for you and the story that a lot of people years ago would have narrated around it as opposed to what that looks like today. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about that, Steve? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm. Uh, you're you're going to have to uh, find the stop button on me on that one because I could go forever. But uh, you know, I I, I kind of start with grade three, and I remember I grew up in a small town in Alberta in a Catholic school, and I remember in third grade uh, being put in a closet uh, from my teacher because I couldn't do my multiplication tables, and that was just one of several incidents or things that happened to me in school, basically being told that I wasn't good enough. You know, I'm not smart. Um, you know, I'll, I won't amount to anything. And I was told that constantly through my K to 11 years. I finally left in, in 12th grade because I was tired of being told I wasn't good enough. And, you know, I tell people, if you were told four times a year, 
in your job for 12 years that you sucked at what you did, would you stay? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do to our kids constantly. And that's what was being done to me. And I also see that or saw that being done to my son. And uh, one of the reasons I started Fresh Grade was exactly that, is to put an end to that or help put an end to that. So, so yeah, um, gra- didn't graduate from sc- high school um, for various different reasons, but mostly because I wasn't apparently good enough and, uh, and started my first company, uh, before I left high school, I was actually a wedding DJ and, uh, and then, <laughs> Nicely done. And I, yeah, yeah, don't judge. Um, awesome. Hey, I made a lot of money for a 16 year old. Oh yeah. It's pretty and, impressive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> weddings are, you know, you can make bank. Uh, so, so, you know, did that and then, uh, Moved to the Okanagan in 1996 and uh, didn't know I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. Then uh, an opportunity came across my desk, you know, my desk then, I guess. I was steel manufacturing at all things. And uh, we, I started Your Tech Online and grew that and found my passion. So, uh, but that was a struggle. And, uh, you know, it took eight long years to build a company and sell it, but uh, it was a real challenge. And there, most of the time, I didn't think we were going to make it, but we came out the other end and uh, we were one of the lucky ones. So, um, But lots of struggles in there for sure. Oh, that's amazing, Steve. And I mean, just to see where you are today, um, I mean, similarly when I was in school, because I mean, Steve and I both, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we can touch on ADHD just slightly here that uh, that's definitely an aspect of a lot of entrepreneurs and something that I think is a common thread with a lot of us. But um, I remember when I was in school, I, I think I asked a question to my grade six teacher about something on uh, a math quiz. Um, and she looked at me and her exact words were, I can't make miracles, Francesca. Like if you're not good at math, you're not good at math. And I, I never forgot it so much so that when I was in grade 12, um, I took my grade 12 courses in grade 11. And I remember I got, I don't know, it was something over like 80 or 90% in calculus, <laughs> but I had done grade 12 and grade 11. And I remember I went back to Prince Rupert. I walked right into her office, <laughs> into her classroom. And I was like, hey, Miss Murphy. And she's a wonderful human. I think she's retired now, but I said, miracles apparently do happen. Look at this. And we just chuckled. But I said to her, I said, I just want to instill something in you. What you tell children impacts them. That was one thing that you said to me in grade six. I don't remember a single thing that happened that year. I was, I don't know, whatever age I was. I don't remember a single thing that happened, but I remembered that one sentence. It stuck with me and I never forgot. So I think that we, um, we forget. And I mean, obviously you don't, Steve, you know that, uh, I mean, you have children, you know, what kind of impact um, these things can have on our children and, 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 you know, into their, their adult lives. But I know for me, it really, it said something about, you know, when I have my own children one day, I mean, what's that going to look like? And then I think that by instilling that, you know, encouragement of like, what did you fail at this week? Awesome. Like not so much that they failed, but they tried something, maybe they didn't love it or they weren't good at it, but at least they tried. Um, so I think that it's, um, it's amazing that you had started something like fresh grade and that you, you know, you've done all these things leading up to, you know, building conversations around mental health and, and wellness for, from, you know, entrepreneurs. Yeah, like, like really it all, you know, if I really think about it, a lot of it all stems around mental health and wellness, right? Yeah. Um, uh, trying to find my, my path, trying to find what I can do or do well. Uh, we, they don't teach us that in school. 
They yeah. teach us math, they teach us science, they teach us English or whatever, but they don't teach us like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? Uh, you know, even school even crushes dreams like, oh, you can't be a hockey player. You're, you know, you'll never make it or you can't be this or you'll, you know, it, that's, you won't make a lot of money doing that or whatever they tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're being told that constantly and our kids start to believe that and then you become an adult and you start to believe that my daughter is 23 and you know i've had to take her to urgent care this past year because uh, she just gets out got out of university and doesn't know what to do with the rest of her life and she has all this anxiety because now she's got to be a contributing you know human in our community and all she's been doing is school yeah. And they don't teach her how to do life. And so she's had, you know, a lot of massive anxiety around not knowing what to do for the rest of your life. I'm like, damn, I was, you know, I don't know what your swearing rule is on this podcast. Oh, you're good. We say everything <laughs> on here. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Uh, but I'm like, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? There are no rules. Exactly. And and if we teach our kids that there are no rules and anything's possible, that's how great things happen. Yeah. Um, we're always going to have the people that, you know, are just doing the thing and being, you know, average. But most people just don't want to be average. No. So we got to step out of our comfort zones and do crazy shit and fail at a lot of things before we figure out where the amazing things happen. Yeah. And, but we don't, we teach our kids not to fail. We tell our kids don't fail study for this math test. If you fail, you know, I don't know what happens, but if you fail, I will fail you, but nothing happens. No. Like who gives a shit if you fail? Yeah. Like really, but apparently they do. It's important, but you know, anyways, ramble. <laughs> No, it's, uh, you know, and why don't we tap into that, Steve? So, like, you talk about, like, and I, I can't imagine what Faith must be going through right now. I mean, I commend her for all of her hard work through university. But you talk about, you know, that crippling anxiety. She's definitely not alone in that. So many students get out of university and that's, you know, that's what they're facing, right? So when we touch on, like, anxiety, ADHD, everything that kind of encompasses that, do you want to talk a bit about that and how, you know, you and I kind of relate to it as, like, our superpower? Do you want to talk a bit about, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always knew my brain was special. I just didn't know how or what it was. Um, You know, my brain's working a million miles an hour. Even right now, I'm thinking about 10 different things. And it's like, how do you control that and focus and hone that in? And and I turned 50 this year. And I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know I, I look 30, but yeah, you know, you're doing good, Steve. You're doing good. Whatever. Um, and I'm still trying to hack that and, and figure out how do I, how do I create, make this ADHD brain into a, a, a you know, a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really difficult because again, we're being told, or I, I was told constantly that it was, you know, a, a disability or yeah, it was a problem. And if I just let it go and be, and truly be myself and figure out and being okay with being myself of being a total scatterbrain, forgetting things, 
uh, not showing up on time, like name it. But when I'm there and I'm present and I'm in it, uh, I feel unstoppable and, and I have a lot to offer. And I think, um, you know, I guess some people call it success. I don't know what that means exactly, but you know, when I was in those moments and in that time, that's when most of my success was when I allowed my brain to be the brain that it was meant to be and not try to change it into something that people or society norms tell it, it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, but we keep pushing kids or people into, well, how do we fix your ADHD? Or how do we fix your, you know, your whatever? ADHD is what I know. Yeah. Um, and I just stopped trying to fix it, you know? Embrace um, it. I also, I also have dyslexia and I have dysgraphia. Um, dyslexia is reading, dysgraphia is writing issues. So half the shit that I write, you can't even understand it anyway. So it doesn't, <laughs> so, you know, all that stuff is like, I stopped worrying about it. Yeah. I don't apologize for it anymore. I actually use it as a, Hey, by the way, this shit's, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. So you got to roll with it. And, uh, you know, as long as people know what to expect and it's not a surprise that Steve's going to be late or Steve's going to do this or, or we got to stop Steve from talking because he'll just go on. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I take no offense to that anymore. Yeah. Zero. And I think that's just like the embrace embracement of just, you know, allowing ourselves just to be right. I think that so often, and it's so interesting because like I grew for those in the audience that don't know this, like, I mean, I grew up a competitive figure skater and dancer. And I mean, um, one of my dear friends till this day, Sherry, she's like 45 now. And, uh, you know, she was a fantastic coach. She definitely embraced the whole, you know, she was embracing of the, you know, failure aspect of a whole bunch of stuff. I had some other coaches that it was the same thing that you're saying, Steve, like, there's a lot that they use against you instead of just embracing those, you know, factors of yourself, because half of the things that, you know, I see in myself today actually made me a way better figure skater. I won a lot. Obviously, that was a direct correlation to the hard work I put in. Um, but I can see now that if I hadn't had maybe the ADHD aspect or whatever, I wouldn't have maybe worked as hard as I did. Right. There were so many factors that came into play. Well, ADHD does one thing really well is make you hyper-focused on certain areas, yeah. hyper-focused to a fault, right? So clearly you were good at figure skating because you were damned determined <laughs> to be the best. Yeah. And, and then a lot of other things fall through the cracks getting there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but people remember you as a really good figure skater. Yeah. Right. No, it's and, true. and, and, you know, look at, Connor McDavid as a hockey player. I mean, he's the world's best hockey player, but nobody talks about the shit that he can't do. No. You know, how good is he at math? <laughs> Who fucking even cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Connor, you need to write an essay on your journey as a professional hockey player. Like, screw that. <laughs> yeah, totally. That, Can you describe right? the so, use of parallelograms? So like, focus on the areas that you're great at. And this yeah. is part of finding your superpower. If you're good, yeah, that's that whole, you know, saying is like, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess you can be that and that's okay. That's not a judgment. We need those people too. Yeah. Um, but if you want to be really good at something, you have to be really good at that one thing, which means you're going to suck at a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So if you're building a business or you're building 
whatever, you need to find teammates that can surround you to be able to do that other stuff really well as well. And that's where good companies go, uh, you know, get made. Yeah. No, I I love that, Steve. And there's actually a motivational speech I was thinking of. I think it's Denzel Washington who talks about it. And I think he said, Correct me if this name's not correct, but I'm pretty sure it was Reggie Jackson. He struck out, I don't know, like 1,500 times in his baseball career, football career. I don't know. See, I don't know sports very well. Yeah. Football, yeah. And, uh, but nobody hears about the strikeouts. You only hear about the home runs, right? And, I mean, you think about, I think the light bulb was a 1,000 failed experiments because the 1,001st was a light bulb. You know, all those different examples of people don't care about the failures, you know? So, I mean, Steve, they, they do, they do, they do when you're in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when you're in it and you haven't, you haven't created the light bulb yet, or you haven't uh, been in the record books for hitting so many home runs. Yeah. You're being criticized because you're striking out all the time. You got to stop. You got to find something better that you're better at because yeah. you're striking out constantly. Yeah. It's like, what? Why? Because I'm getting better at it all the time. Yeah. No, it's so true, and, and yet, again, that's what we tell ourselves every day. It starts from a young age, and it works into adulthood. And you see so many adults that aren't doing what they love or, you know, they should have done something different 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and they've never done it. Um, it's like there's never a bad time to do that stuff. No. Let's go do it. Like, frick, life's way too short. Yeah, and And, you know... I just don't want to be at the end of mine saying I regret a whole bunch of things I didn't do. No. And I'm finally at that point, and it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I'm so happy at what I do, and, I'm, and you know, I feel like I am making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just hope that I can, you know, cut that time in half for other people uh, as they're making their own mistakes yeah. down the road, right? So Steve, like, you know, in saying that, when those in the audience that are listening, they're trying to find their, you know, entrepreneurial superpower, you know, how would, what would be your suggestion on how to get closer to finding it? Like maybe from your own journey and experience? Yeah. Um, well, number one, you know, you got to know who you are first and accept who you are and be okay with who you are. A lot of people make excuses or pretend and, and be somebody they're not. And so that's number one. And that's really hard. That's a, that's a you thing. It's a journey. Uh, I don't think it's a destination, but you really got to be okay with who you are. Um, I remember uh, in my twenties uh, and thirties and forties, uh, but <laughs> less and less as time went on worrying about if I remember people's names, you know, like, yeah. like that one example. I, I don't remember people's names because I my ADHD is if, if it's not a dopamine hit and I'm not super excited about what I'm doing or seeing in the moment I will not remember a person's name and I just stop apologizing for it yeah I, I, I you know it's like I remember who you are I sometimes I forget my kids names because I'm excited or in the moment or whatever and it's just like I just deal with it and I'm okay with that so I guess that's the way of me saying is like, whatever your shit is, it's okay because you got some great stuff too, but don't dwell on the shit. Don't try to make your shit better. (laughs) You know, like, like I I just stopped trying to make all the things that I sucked at or I didn't want to do better. 
Yeah. I just decided to find people that could do those things way better than I could and allow them to do those things so I can do the things I love to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's number one of finding your superpower is like, be okay with it. And it stop making excuses about all the things that you can't do because nobody wants you to do all those things. No. Society tells us or culture and, and norms tell us that you should be able to do X, Y, or Z. But why? Not necessary. Well, but why? Yeah. Like, why, why, like, just ask, like, why do I need to do this? Or why do I need to know this? Like, is it that important? Yeah. And most of the time it's not that most things you do don't matter. So true. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and that goes for like, where are you spending your time during the day? Um, what are you focusing on? Uh, how are you getting in your zone? Like, um, I don't work a solid eight hours a day. I can't. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm in my zone, I'm burning so much energy that, you know, if I get three, four hours a day in of really good work, like really good work, then I'm done. Yeah. And I, I tap out and I go re-energize myself. I have multiple naps during the day still, or still <laughs> uh, now, because I know when I'm full on doing my thing, it burns so much energy. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I got to recharge and I just find ways to do that. Yeah. Grab your longboard, go for a ride, come back in yeah. all, all day. Like, you know, yeah. just doing the, finding the things that I love and doing the things that I love. And, you know, of course I work hard, you know, and I'm, and I do things that I don't want to do sometimes, but, uh, I, I, you know, I guess I, I just find ways to focus on the things that I yeah, that's the way to do it. And I mean, it's a, such a cliche saying, but if you do what you love, you never feel like you're working. And I know for myself, and I'm sure you can speak to this, Steve, that, I mean, I sometimes forget that I work and I work as much as I do. I work a lot, um, but I love it. It feels like I get to just, you know, I'm, I'm having fun every day. And then really, if you embrace that, that fun and that element of just excitement every day, it doesn't, people are going to attract to that too. And you and I talked about, you know, building teams, right? So like, I mean, if you were to, you know, you've identified your entrepreneurial superpower and everything else, you know, in that sense, I mean, whatever you are, you're going to attract. And Mel Robbins always talks about what you appreciate appreciates. Um, Right now I'm building my team personally, and I have two assistants right now, and I have a videographer and a photographer and they all kind of do their thing, you know, and, and in the midst of that, I mean, one of my assistants that just joined the team, she said to me, what's your, you know, what's the main focus in, you know, for you? And I'm like, honestly, I want you to have fun because the more that you're having fun with what you're doing, you're going to be more inspired to do it. You're going to want to do it more. It's not going to feel like work. And she's doing a lot of stuff for me. I mean, sometimes I'll call her late night on a weekend and she's like, oh, I'd love to do that. I'm like, great. I'm glad you're so excited. Right. So, um, I mean, Steve, when you talk about, you know, obviously you've once, you know, someone has found that superpower within them. And now if they wanted to build a team you know, surrounding that? I mean, how have you done that in the past? Obviously you've had different teams throughout the years. Um, you know, what can you yeah. do some things that you yeah, can speak I mean, on? I, it, I don't, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here. Uh, but of course, building my network, right. Investing in people, um, doesn't matter what business you're in. It's all about people. And yeah. so really investing in people and really caring about people, yeah. you know, and, and really asking them, 
how, how are you? And, you know, one of my social experiments this uh, last six months uh, is asking that question. And when you ask that question, you get the same answer all the time. Oh, I'm good. Or I'm great. Or I'm okay. It's like, no. I, I call bullshit on that. It's like, we're just going through a pen, you know, getting through a pandemic. You know, life's been pretty shitty for a lot of people. Uh, mental health wise anyways, maybe financially some, some have been better than others. I mean, real estate's clearly been good for uh, people that have been in it uh, (laughs) for a few years. Uh, uh, They should be doing well, but you know, it's like really investing and asking the question of how are you and caring about them. And because when, you know, that, that there's that saying, people don't know how much you care until they care how much you know, or don't no Wait, that's not it. People Close. don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's it. That's an yeah. ADHD dyslexic <laughs> uh, moment right there in its finest. I love it. Um, but uh, people just want to know you care, like yeah. legit care. And then they'll go to the freaking mat for you. Yeah. Right? People will work for you and do things for you when they know you care about them legit. Yeah. And that's when life and work becomes more way more fun because you're making friends all over the place yeah you know and so uh, i just want to hang out with and work with cool people and life's too short it's to so to not be working you know on cool projects with cool people it's just too short and if you're not working with cool people freaking cleanse it and move on yeah absolutely and i mean there's that saying they always say your vibe attracts your tribe but it's so true i mean over the years especially since I made the transition to moving to Kelowna, I look at how, you know, my circle has evolved over the years and it's, it's just, it's incredible. But at the end of the day, it's not like you just step into a, a circle of people and then all of a sudden they're just there. It, it's all, you get out what you put in, right? Um, and as much as I, I love the business that I'm in, obviously, I mean, I'm very passionate about it, but I'm in it for the people. I, I love getting to impact people and just be there for them in their quiet moments and half of the time, you know, that doesn't amount to any business, but that's the whole point. You want to be there for people just for the goodness of your heart and knowing that, you know, you can, you can be their confidant. You can be there for them in times where they never thought they would actually have someone to rely on. And I mean, Steve, I use you as a really great example. I mean, when I met you in the business world, I mean, I look at there's certain things over the years of our friendship where, you know, I've said to a couple people that meant a lot to me in my life, Hey, look, I'm going to be speaking at this event. It would mean the world if you came. Steve was one of those people that showed up. I, I know it like to you, maybe it didn't mean any. You're just like, oh yeah, I just showed up. It's no big deal. It's downtown Kelowna and I want to hear what, you know, you panelists have to say, but I never forgot that. And I just think yeah. that we forget. Um, I was saying this to one of the builders on our project that one of the easiest ways for us to make an impact on people's lives is just for them to feel seen and heard. Um, I think that we underestimate it. I think that humans think that it has to be some grand gesture or something of, you know, grandeur, it's not, it's just literally showing up for someone like Steve just said, like, just asking, like, how are you? And not the bullshit answer. Like, I actually want to know and create that space for them to, to be vulnerable. And vulnerability is such an interesting topic because, um, in my personal journey, there's been, um, quite a few friendships that have fallen by the wayside because there's no room for vulnerability. And I got to a point where I was like, "I, I don't see eye to eye with that. If people are only willing to be beside you when everything's peachy, is that really a true friendship or a true, you know, whatever it is, right? And um, and Steve, I'm sure on your journey, there's been moments where, you know, 
I mean, I went through a divorce, Steve, years ago went through a divorce. It's moments like that in your life, you really get to see who actually values who you are, regardless of your current circumstances. Um, but I just, yeah, I think that's really powerful, Steve. I, I love that uh, that's something that means a lot to you. And I know that that's why I've always valued your friendship and just um, the inspiration you are in my life, because I can see that with how you interact with people. There's just a genuine, good-hearted nature about you and how you yeah, interact with humans. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, look, I've made a lot of mistakes too and, and uh, you know, probably have done a lot of shitty things. I know I've done a lot of shitty things. I've done shitty things to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not proud of those things. It's, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've made, you make it sound like, uh, you know, I've been great at all of this all along, but I haven't, <laughs> I've screwed up. I've, yeah. I, you know, I went through a divorce. Uh, I just came out of a, you know, almost three year relationship. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I did a lot of shitty things. Um, and not purposefully, I don't think, but just things where I'm learning, I'm constantly learning yeah. and, and, you know, and, and then, being vulnerable to be able to talk about those things and, and say, you know, like I've gone through this, I've done this. Uh, and, and, and I find that when you open up a little bit that people are like, Oh God, like finally somebody's willing to talk about their shit and maybe I'll talk about my shit a little bit yeah. and, and just, but, but we don't have an opportunity to do that because we ask, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Everything's great. Life is great bullshit it's not and that's okay because when you know it's not okay it's just okay and or it's okay not to be okay then you're like oh finally i can you know just be real that's how you find your groove and that's how you find your jam is saying don't worry about it everybody does shitty things everybody does things they don't didn't want to do or or don't want to do or regret but it's how you move past that and what do you learn from it that Mm -hmm you know, you can help and provide other people down the road. Yeah. No, I, I love that, Steve. And, and it's interesting because I think like, how would I describe this? My most valuable moments have been in my most vulnerable moments. And the conversations surrounding those moments are ones that like, I will never forget. They shape me to be who I am, how I treat people. And like you said, there's many times I fucked up in my life in the past We've all done things that we regret and that we say, you know what? Hey, that was a big learning curve. Uh, We hurt people along the way. Um, We lose people along the way because of it. But that doesn't make us or anybody bad people. It's just that that's the whole purpose of life is that we're here to experience things, to learn. Um, Obviously, if we're going to repeat the same thing, maybe not. But that's the beautiful part about, you know, how you've lived your journey is that, yeah, you you know, you go through certain things and then you, you shift, you adjust and you pick up and you keep going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, right? Like, I mean, that that's the goal. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, with my ADHD and because of how you know severe it is, again, dopamine is a requirement of me. Unfortunately, having to learn the hard way a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just. It sucks sometimes because my highs are highs and my lows are low and it's figuring out how to deal with that stuff and having 
you know, a tribe or a network of people around you that you can have those conversations with and say, you know, I fucked up. Yeah. Oh, I fucked up again. Oh, I did that again. It's yeah. like, how many times do you have to do it? And then when you have a real good tribe, uh, they'll hold you accountable to those things. Absolutely. And I love that. Even though it's uncomfortable, they hold you accountable. Yeah. And again, building teams, if you really invest in people and, and um, you know, are there for them, they'll do the same thing. Yeah. And that's what a team is, right? And uh, if you could do that, then you could do anything. I agree. And I think just a space of no judgment because none of us can judge anyone because, you know, as you know, you point one finger and four pointing back at you. Right. So just that space yeah. of just, well, it's hard looking. not to judge, you know, especially in the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and when things are going wrong, um, it's hard not to judge. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's important to reflect back on those things. Um, and, and remind yourself, you know, what did you learn and what didn't you learn? And, and, you know, what are the takeaways from it? Yeah. And hopefully you learn. Yeah. Um, and not all the times I do, but I try. Like we all do. <laughs> we just try our best every day. Right, Steve? And uh, every day. Fall. If you're going to fall, fall forward. Right. Yeah. It just, just, just go forward. Yeah. Like standing still and waiting for stuff to happen or things to change or something to get better or uh, people to do something different. Um, you'll be waiting around forever. Yeah. You know, go take some risk and take some chances. I mean, what's going to like, unless you're going to die, literally die, yeah. then it really doesn't matter. Like yeah. go and do it. Don't let fear hold you back. Yeah. 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 I mean, at the end of the day, it's not as scary, you know, again, it's easy to, to say, but, um, uh, when you, when you finally do it, you'll be like, Oh, that wasn't as scary as I thought. Yeah. No kidding. Now, Steve, as we, I mean, we're going to bring you back on here in the future. So you can talk a bit more in depth about your journey. Um, but just to be mindful of your time and the time today, um, you know, if you were to leave our listeners off on, on something that was really, you know, paramount in your journey or your greatest advice to them, um, you know, as this Steve 1.0 episode before we perhaps have a Steve 2.0 episode, what would that be? The, I mean, the best thing I could think of right now, and because it's the journey I'm on, is like be the best you. Not the you that other people or society says you should be. Mm-hmm. And that, and like sit in that for a bit. Like really sit there. It sounds silly, but if you're your best you, that's who people want to be around. They don't want to be around somebody else that is trying to be somebody else. Just be you and you will attract those people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about authenticity of people like yourself and, and you know other people that are in Metabridge community is like, they're just trying to be their best them. And I love that. I love hanging out with people that are them and not trying to be something else, you know, yeah. uh, because the world, social media does that to us. It tries to pretend to be somebody else that you're not. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. That's so true, Steve. I love that. And 
I, I do have to say just thank you for um, how you show up in the world. I think um, it's almost like in this day and age where there's so much fake shit out there on social media. It's a great example of it, but um, it's almost like this beautiful skill when people can just show up um, vulnerable and real and raw like yourself and just be like, hey, you know what? This is what I fucked up on. This is what I'm learning, still learning, whatever it is. Um, it's just such a beautiful, um, it's just really refreshing to be around. And, uh, and Steve, I'm really grateful for you just spending a little bit of time with us uh, here on the podcast today, just to share a bit about who you are, what you do, and um, the fact that you're, you know, a powerful force in our community, embracing mental health and, uh, you know, just overall wellness for entrepreneurs. I think it's something that uh, I, you know, I, I think that you're making some huge waves in that department and you already have, obviously made massive waves in that department. I just, I can't wait to see all the things that you do in the future and just very grateful to know you. Uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you too, Steve. Thank you for having uh, a little bit of time on here today. Thank you all for joining us yet again for another episode of the Amante Podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Amante, and you can follow us just about anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much any listening platform. We are so excited to join you here for our next episode next week and looking forward to seeing you again soon. Make the world a better place. Cheers.